unfortunately, I've not seen a lot of the cancel culture kids realise that, you know, from the other side. They seem to just, they've had a little reawakening now that people are on lockdown. I know it's, they're like being more boring still? than usual. Yeah, it seems like, like it died out at first, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like until recently it was dead. Yeah, yeah like it, once once the quarantine happened, it, it seemed like, okay, nobody really gives a, a shit about any of this anymore. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we get comfortable being indoors for just long enough. And it seems like that started to reignite, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah these people are very angry inside. They're like those kind of cancel culture people. I think they're as angry inside as like these incel type people, just from a different perspective, or at least they ended up on a different side. But it's just angriness and like, I think self-loathing, self-pity, whatever you want to fucking call it. I'd say one good thing about this doc is that um, it was quite honest in terms of the people in it were honest about themselves, which is refreshing to see, actually. Like to see, you know, especially when all media now, like I've noticed that a lot of recent documentaries instead of going, let's shine a light on this, they seem to be about bigging people up, like making characters. Like like you said, Hans, about fucking Tiger King. This is a guy that is abusing animals, and now, like, every two minutes you get Instagram adverts where it's like, hey, do you want to get a, a, a birthday card with Joe Exotic on it? Well, no, yeah. he murdered some fucking tigers because he bought too many. You know, like, and like I said, the guy's a fucking racist, which they left out. Yeah. So, no, I don't, I don't want to, like, I don't want my docs to, like, make heroes, actually, out of everything. So... In that respect, it was quite nice to just see, like, whoa, these are fucking weirdos, and like, and that's it. There's no, like, almost, I'm kind of being, like, going back on what I said now, but it's sometimes quite nice, almost, when there isn't a redeeming quality. There is no, like, triumph. It's just like, oh, fuck, <laughs> you know, and that's it, so. But, yeah, like I said, my main problem was just the structure was just like, yeah, just dead out. You know, a good movie that I watched recently, kind of not really on the subject of uh, this documentary, was uh, This Is England. I rewatched that for the first oh, time in years. For the first time? No, uh, for the first time in about like five, ten years or so. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was like, I revisited it and I was like, oh, geez, is this going to be like corny now with like no. messaging? Good but right. no, it, it holds up so well and it's so uh, it's so perfect. So great. That, that film, when I watched it as a young, like, I was probably, like, fucking 13 or 14 when I first saw that film. And, like, I was like, all right, this is a film about racism. Like, this is fucking disgusting. Like, I liked it, but I was like, this, you know, fuck combo, like, racist as fuck and Nazi, blah, blah. And then when I watched it when I was older, I was like, this is a film about a lot more than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot more to it than that. It's, like, very insecure man and blah, blah. Have you seen the series? You know, there's a yeah, series, right? I've I've watched it all. I'm a big fan of Shane. It's Meadows. really good, um, right? It's fucking really good. When I I basically had the same reaction as you when I watched it back when it came out in like 2006 mm. or so. I was like, oh yeah, the, the this is about how Nazis are bad, obviously. And <laughs> yeah. I watched it again uh, just a couple of days ago. I was like, well, the the whole like political and race angle is kind of irrelevant to what's actually happening, which is like this guy comes out of prison. He feels like he's got something to prove and he completely destroys his friend group by making the initiative of it uh, related to something that he's convinced himself of or, or, mm. or suddenly believes in. It's all very surface level and artificial. Um, and I, like you were saying, the insecurity of this guy and how it crumbles everything around him and until he erupts at the end. Yeah, and that becomes even more true when you see in the series what actually happens to Combo. You know, like he gets he gets fucking killed. He gets put in a barrel. That's what happens. Yeah, he gets killed by the uh, by Milky's brothers and his cousins and that because you know tough shit. You know, (laughs) but um, it's good the way he does it. He just accepts it. He's like, yep. But he saves Lol, right? Like he saves Lol. Yeah, I mean, he he has a full-on redemption arc throughout, like, the series. With the the second installment, he kills her stepdad, who's, uh, like, a molester and a creep. And then I think he's excluded in the the third one, the Christmas special. This is England 88. That's more about, like, Woody dealing with the fact that... uh, I love you all. Yeah. (laughs) Every minute. I bloody love you all. <laughs> and then uh the last one this is england 90 is all about like combo's demise and how milky winds up being corrupted by giving giving way to revenge and mm. also just like the transition away from like the original skinhead scene yes, into like yeah. the rave scene of the 90s mm. which is just that's so, great yeah so, yeah 
Like taking um, pills and shit. Like what made me think of that though is you talking about like how some people have tried to be on like uh or or come out of like the whole ultra right wing vibes that 2016, 2017 had. And Shane Meadows was one of these guys where he got consumed by skinhead culture and then he fell into that like racist culture really? uh, that it evolved into and then he pulled himself out of it and that's what spawned this movie wow i didn't know that i was completely unaware about that wow fuck wow that's that's interesting because like he's from the same place as me i think i mentioned yeah. that anytime anyone mentions him i'm like man it was the only good thing we got going but um <laughs> <laughs> but he you know yeah like skinheads was you know in the uk especially skinhead was was anti-racist like it wasn't just like a thing that wasn't racist they were explicitly an anti-racist group you know what i mean it was uh you know even militantly so sometimes and then when the became a racist thing it was all fucking weird you know there's there's stories of like skin like nazi skinheads bumping into like anti-fascist ones and being like hey boys you know like saying something racist and then the racist the anti-fascist one just beating the shit out of them because they mis- misunderstood. They're like, oh, we thought you were racist like us, you know? So it's this weird <laughs> thing where they had the exact same fucking uniform. And they one means, one is completely a Nazi and one is completely against it. It's such a weird thing to happen, you know? Very odd. Yeah. It, it, it's very interesting that that got co-opted entirely and so uh, essentially inversed. I tell you what about This Is England, though. I think I've said this before maybe to you guys, but... um. It has the the most visceral, upsetting rape scene I've ever seen in any film ever. Um, I think it's the dad is like I think he rapes his oh eighty six yeah. And yeah. I, I you know you know me like I fucking you know for my job I watching ISIS videos and I've seen you know people real life body dead bodies in front of me and shit in the war zone. And so very little like really shakes me. And I remember seeing that I couldn't fucking sleep, mate. That I can't remember any time since that has happened since. Like, I remember, you know, from watching a film, I saw that scene, and I don't think, I think I had to turn it off. I was like, that is just, the way they do it, it's, it's just so deeply upsetting. Do you know what I mean? Just, just, I just couldn't handle it, man. It was so fucked up. I don't know what it was that was fucked up about it. I really don't, but just, oh, my God. Great acting. What do you What do you mean you don't know? It's a dad raping its star. <laughs> I don't know what's so weird about it. I don't know why I'm uncomfortable. No, what I mean is like, <laughs> I don't know which part of that horrible thing hit me so hard. You know, like I've seen other films where the woman gets raped and you're kind of like, oh man, fuck, this is horrible. Yeah, have you but ever seen The Strange it? Thing About the Johnsons? No, no. Oh. Is that really nasty? You want to tell that's, uh, that's, yeah, go ahead, Hans. You, you've been quiet. Why don't you... I think you're good at summaries. You summarized the uh, right. documentary well. Okay, so the strange things about, things about the Johnsons. It's uh, the first, I guess, known uh, short film <laughs> that the, the uh, filmmaker that did Hereditary and Midsummer did. And it's this story about a son that is in love with his dad. Um, and rapes him constantly. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So it starts. So the first, the initial scene, it's a very what? nice, you know, it's a, yeah, it's the bedroom, the kid's like, bedroom. Son, right? son so are he's, you jerking off? Yeah, Jeez, he's son, laying look, in bed. It's normal. Right? It's okay. Holding a, <laughs> he's laying in bed holding a photo, right? And his dad comes in and he's like, oh, I just caught my son jerking off. So I'm going to go talk to my son about it, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, it's normal, it's fine, don't be embarrassed, whatever, it's fine, just finish up. And then he that le- he's that leaves, and when he leaves, we see that the photo that he's jerking off. He's holding, like, that's... the family photo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's shirtless, yeah. <laughs> it's not a shirtless. So that's that's the it's initial scene. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it looks like the, oh, I don't know if you're familiar with Seinfeld, but you know that yeah, yeah. Seinfeld episode where George is at, like, the back... Uh, on the beach and it's a family photo he's just there shirtless <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it looks like yeah uh, and then throughout the next 20 minutes it's just this kid brutally raping his dad in, but, like, but hold on you have to state that it like it takes place over the course of like a good 20 years like the son's about yeah. to get married uh to the love of his life but then you know his dad is in the bathtub like a traumatized woman just like staring off into space and then he's knocking at the door. He he needs to get his fix, you know. And then he just tears the door down to rape his father. He breaks it in, like The Shining. How much do they yeah. show? Uh, not much. Not, 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 not nothing, much, I think. But yeah, not no, much, but gross. you don't need to. 
you don't need to because you hear the grunts and you hear oh. the dad. Just being like, yeah. Oh. And then and then yeah. it cuts it cuts to the bedroom and you see the mom and she just like turns the volume up of the TV. Well, she knows it's happening. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, it's what, wait, up. why did wait, why wait, his dad is a complete pussy or something? Like why did he let that happen? He doesn't want to let his son down, you know. <laughs> it was written, and then the and the thing is, <laughs> the, thi- <laughs> the thing oh, is that I, I remember when this thing came out. I, it was like what 2016, I think, or something like that. No, 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 no. It. He did. He was did it? Hereditary 2016, 2017. This, this okay, is the so director of Hereditary in Midsummer. Did this movie? So what I guess is, it's 2012, maybe. What is the point of the film? The, uh, to make Hans and I laugh. Repeating. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's such a and the thing is, like, it's very off putting, but the whole time you're sitting there is just like, okay, there's no oh shit. Like it just keeps going and on and on and on and until it just ends horribly. Uh and then it just ends and I, you do some Googling and you search for the director and he's like this little tiny redhead Jewish man that just wrote a short film about, you know, a black son raping his black dad over and over again for 20 years. Yeah, that's uh, really fucking strange. Yeah, and yeah, the, the thing strange is that, thing about the Johnsons, that's the whole point. That's that's what it's called. And and you don't know how to take it too because the tone of it, it's kind of jokey at the beginning. It's kind of like it's <laughs> oh kind of like this happened, haha, punchline and then boom. It's almost sitcom at first. It's like a whimsical like ABC drama show like blackish oh, or something the, and then we get the into colors that. are very very saturated you know everything's yeah, yeah. very bright and very colorful yeah oh. it's, yeah see films like that like rosemary's baby as well like for me people are like oh it's ah, uh, it's uh i'm like no this is just horrible it's not for me <laughs> this is just gross and i'll take something being fucked up if there's a good story like you know but you know this is england the series the whole that whole story arc with the abusive father it's fucking horrible, but it's very good. And I tell you what, not good that it happened, obviously, but it's very good the way they've made it. And it's very real in terms of kind of council, council estate culture has a lot of um, very fucked up sexual deviancy and sexual abuse happening. Like, I don't know why, but it's something specific to these kind of conditions a lot of the time. Certainly growing up, I remember being like, you know, your dad, I don't know, it's very weird or your dad be like, you don't go around to that household. You just don't. Don't talk to that guy. You know what I mean? You just know that's the yeah. nonce. That's the pedo on the block. It's fucked up. It's so weird, actually. But, um, so that, it was like, there's a really good reason for that. But then when I'm watching a film and it's like, yeah, this is t- 20 minutes of uh, this guy's raping his dad <laughs> and then it ends. I'm just like, why? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> I just don't see the point, you know. I don't want to feel that uncomfortable for no payoff. It's a, it's, a, it's a love story. It's just... Uh... <laughs> oh, man. Um, Fucking hell. It's, and, and you know what? I think it's really funny that... Because now he's become this horror icon, right? This director that does this artistic horror movies and whatever... I don't think I, I haven't seen anyone bringing that up in one of their interviews. Just like, can, can we can we take a couple of minutes and just talk about this this thing that I discovered in an IMDb page when I was doing some research? Like, has yeah. anyone ever asked him as to what the, what the fuck? I that guess that's the only so answer funny. you can ask. Just like, what the fuck was that? A junket, and they just be like, hey, uh, yeah. why did you make a film about a kid raping his own dad for twenty years? What what's it, what's interesting is, you know, he was talking about Midsummer. He was talking about Hereditary and how they're like partially autobiographical, like things in his real life inspired him to write Midsummer. It's like, oh, I was going through a bad breakup during this time. That's why I wrote this movie. Oh, uh, uh, you, know, you know, mental illness or something. Uh, that's why I wrote Hereditary. What's yeah, going on with that one? The other one, he's like, ah, oh, yes, I was raping my dad for 20 years. That's why I wrote this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Yeah, I'm not going to oh, check that one out. Is Midsummer good, though? Like, I've heard that's good. Uh, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it uh, when I went to go see it in the theater. And then on repeat viewings, I was like, yeah, I'm over this. I, I'm, yeah. like, not interested in horror films. Like, they've never scared me. They've never entertained me particularly. So I don't know. Honestly, it, does, it, it only feels like a horror film if you were in the girl's shoes, I guess. Okay. Like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have, like not an obvious horror and, and it, yeah it's not it, really, it, it, i mean midsummer is not really a horror film hereditary is definitely a horror film midsummer is yeah. just more like a thriller kind of okay, like that yeah, feels yeah, like it's is. an action cop film if i call it a thriller but it, huh. it, yeah, it's got no shocking moments 
It's about yeah. the occult, kind of, right? Um, uh, no, not. I mean, not really. It's kind of like. Have you ever seen The Wicker Man? Yeah, yeah. I watched that like a month ago for the first time. It's more like uh, people who are pagan extremists. Right, right, right. I yeah, thought The Wicker so... Man was shit, by the way. Which one? The first the one. Original? The original. I thought it was shit. Like I watched it and I was like, "What? What is that? Really?" I had to check. I was like, "Is this definitely the Wicker Man that everyone goes on about?" Wow! I thought you. I, I I thought for sure you were going to say the Nicolas Cage one. That's the obvious no, take. No, but no, you're saying me. the original one's garbage. It, it just I just literally was like, "This was so shit." Like, it was, were you just bored? I was just so bored, and it ended. I was like, yeah. "Right, all right." <laughs> like from from the second the film started, it was like I can I know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I didn't really know the story. Like, I've never really paid attention to it, so it wasn't like obvious, obvious. But I was like, "Yeah, this guy is getting fucking strung up." I don't know, man. I don't know what it was. I think because people have, maybe because so many people have said to me, like, "You will love the Wicker Man." Is that something people that... say? People go up to you and say, "You will love the Wicker oh, Man." Oh, it's Every you day. specifically <laughs> over yeah. there. Yeah, that movie's huge in in like the in UK. England? I don't know. I don't yeah. know why. It's like it's like a well. I don't know why. It's not. I don't. I don't hate it, but it's like a staple of like British filmmaking or whatever. Do you know what? That's I think... why I say it's shit. Actually, it's fine. But the fact that people <laughs> say that it's like a staple of no, 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 don't back it up now, like Hans did with the the documentary. No, you got to stick by it. <laughs> um, uh, I think the issue with those movies is that we've been exposed to so many other movies that just take elements from those old movies that you kind of figure it out. Sure. So I feel like if if you had seen the movie when it came out, or maybe you know around those times, it would have been more impactful and more. I don't I don't know where this is going, but now since every movie it's like a little bit of a element from this one, an element from the other one, you already know where everything's going. So you know it's what? more difficult. To- I, I I had this exact thought only yesterday, and I think this might actually be why uh, the feeling when no girlfriend is actually probably popular is because I don't think there's American filmmakers that have really anything interesting to say with their movies anymore. They just want to repeat things that have already been made and make it cool and flat. Like, do the Stranger Things uh, thing, I, I guess, in different varying ways. And uh, that might be the refreshing thing with that documentary, is because it does offer something that is completely different from what people who are generally invested in this medium are used to. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, that's the thing that happened to me with the Romero episode that we did. You know, he, oh, yeah, we did a, a Romero of... episode with Don Jolly. Don Jolly came back on the show. Yeah, I listened. Oh, no, the first one was that Korean one. I listened to that. Yeah, yeah. He, we, uh... we did a second one. Oh, cool. He has, a, he has a lot of small movies, like very character pieces. But I guess, uh, again, like I've, I've just been exposed to so much media that something like that is not really engaging to me anymore. So it's difficult for me to get involved into or with a movie like that where... You know, the filmmaking is maybe a little bit archaic because of the time, which will work then. But now, because we've consumed so much media, it doesn't have the same impact as those old movies had when they came out. Same with something like The Exorcist. Like, I, I think the first time I ever saw The Exorcist, I was like 20. So I never got the, I never got the, oh, the scariest movie of all time because I was like this corny, this kind of that is, lame. That film you know, was a joke to me. Oh my it god! Never, you, it never... you two were terrible. That traumatized me at age nine. I still think it's the scariest movie. <laughs> well, I, I watched the film Seven when I was seven. This is how crazy my dad is. Yeah, I was like, he got it from the, I don't know. He had a video, and it said Seven on it. Obviously, I was like, oh, I'm seven. Can I watch it? My dad was like, all right. Like, and I remember watching it being like, and I didn't know until I was an adult that you don't actually see the head because I remember like putting my head under the cover because I didn't yeah. see a seven yeah. head. And then I watched terrified. it last year and was like, oh, <laughs> like, that's just, what I mean by what's in the box. Like I just didn't ever click, you know, but the next You grew up, grew up terrified of closed boxes. <laughs> yeah. a little bit. I love that. Christmas film. is yeah. a terrifying time. Was that the first real like extreme R-rated movie you were exposed to as a kid? Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. But I remember really thinking that I think that's part of what gave me like an interest in serial killers and the kind of darker side of things in a way in terms of media because I remember watching it and just thinking how fucking cool it was that that I was like, wow, this de- detective is trying to find out this stuff and it's so cool. And then it gets to the scene where the guy, you know where the guy is like uh, glutton, right? Where he's been pumped full of food. 
and that stayed with me for so long. I remember just yeah. being like, that is the nastiest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and also the scene where there's all the fucking, like, little, um, I think the one that starred, and they're like, the hand is cut off, but then they're alive, and he, like, comes up. That yeah. shit scared the fucking life out of me. I remember seeing, um, in a, in a car, seeing the little uh, Christmas tree thing in someone's car and just being like, fuck that film. Like, it just scared the <laughs> shit out of me forever. But, uh, yeah, it was a good film. Yeah, and that's another one that holds up uh, just Definitely as well. Holds up. Yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt is so sick, I think. Though. I really rate him. Out of all the mainstream actors, like, I really rate him, man. What do you th- Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, I've not seen it yet, man. I, I don't like the look of it, actually. I'm not, I like um, Tarantino's films, but uh, I just, I'm not really. Should I watch it? I think, in my opinion, um, that was probably that might be his best movie. Really? Okay. Yeah, it's it's not a whole lot like uh, any of his other movies. It's not like super extreme with the violence. Mm. Like the last fifteen minutes is, mm. but everything <laughs> yeah, up until then. Yeah, to say what? <laughs> I mean, there's like a woman who has her face caved in on a fireplace. But I mean, aside from that, it's uh, it's like a good like buddy drama piece uh, that explores. Like, uh, essentially the death of classic Hollywood. Really? I'll, I'll check it out then. I remember watching, I, would, I loved, me and my best friend when I was young, we loved Kill Bill. And then I watched Kill Bill again, like, maybe a year ago. And I was just like, uh, kind of really, cheesy. Kind of cheesy. Yeah, it didn't age well for me. Like, well, I'm obsessed with the fucking Safdie brothers now. Like, you put me onto that. Like, I watched Good Time. I've seen Good Time like three times. Yeah, you now. you can you can say thanks to me that you were into the Safdie brothers before it was cool. Everybody well, I, everybody learned about yeah. them with Uncut Gems, but I fucking told Good my time. friend to watch Good Time, and like then when Uncut Gems came out, he told me he's like, hey, you know that them guys you're talking about, they got a new film out. I'm like, sick. But I really I love their. I just think they're sick, man. Like they're the future. I think of. Uh, I'm really worried though they'll end up doing something too mainstream and just get boring, rich. I think they're already on that path. If you take a look at just uncut gems, like the cast in general, they have some really interesting actors in there that probably weren't getting work otherwise, like Judd Hirsch or Eric Bogosian. Um, But I think if there's too much of an allure to working with famous faces like uh, Mm. The Weeknd or somebody, like then you're not going to see as many Buddy (laughs) Duress types or uh, any of the heroin addicts from Heaven Knows What that have been like such like interesting, cool characters in the backgrounds of of these movies. And if that happens, then they lose their style. They lose their substance and people won't be as interested. So you're saying you don't want to see the Safdies Captain Marvel (laughs) 2? Oh, man. I, you know what? They have been uh, approached to do some Marvel movies, but they've said no. Are you joking? Yeah. It's true. Good <laughs> time. You, Good no, time you... got them in the door with, uh, to, I think, do like Doctor Strange or some shit. Are you, you're winding me up. But they said no. They're not going to do it. Fuck. Marvel is just they're, the, the death of cinema for me. It, yeah. <laughs> It's so we, we've complained way too much about Marvel on like really? every single podcast. It just, every conversation devolves no, no, into no, how I don't think it's enough. How it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so bad. Like every time I see, I, there's a friend I had from school, and then like you know when you lose touch with someone and you see them online or whatever, and he just had like Marvel tattoos all up his oh, arm. No. <laughs> Fuck. Like just Captain America shield finished. on his forearm. Yeah, like that is done. That is definitely ah. You know, like, grown men that really are, like, way too into, like, comic book fandom. It's like, nah, it's fuck. And they're constantly trying to, like, like it's cool now. It's cool. We're finally accepted. It's like, nah, man. Your wife hates It's mainstream you now. now. Your wife is just Awful. there, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, the, the films are fucking trash. Like, it's so shit. I don't get it. I'll never understand it, man. But, nah, I like to... They're for uh, kids. Gems, but I know... Yeah, they're for kids. But I know what you they're mean. They're for kids. That, that's like, it. Um, that, like you can tell they're they're drawn to famous people, you know. You can really mm-hmm. feel that actually. Now you say it. The black girl in maybe it's the young black girl in um, Good Time. Good Time. She is fucking brilliant, I think. And I looked her up, and she's doing like nothing because I was like, oh, she's got yeah. To be in that's that's what hap- that's what happens with all of these people they find around New York. They either go to jail or they don't do a thing afterwards. Why? It's it's kind of scummy, in my opinion, for yeah, them to like. I like it. I mean, I guess they they have no obligation to like keep employing these people, and it's sure, totally on on the individual to make something of their own career. But I don't know the way that they pick like 
people up, like the the woman uh, who starred in Heaven Knows What, her name is escaping me at the moment, uh, and like used her story to build a movie and all that, and then just kind of like threw her to the wayside. Something about that rubs me the wrong way a little bit about them. I think that's how you get ahead in Hollywood, right? You'd be ruthless yeah. and horrible, unfortunately. <laughs> or pedophile. That works really well when you... Well, I guess when you cast the right people, because The Wire did that a lot, where they would just get gangbangers and just cast them as regular gangbangers in the show. And it's, look at how good of an actor this person is. And it's so natural, because that's who they are. Uh, so that works really well. It's shitty that you know they don't follow up with them again. You're going to be like Barkhead Abdi. Yeah, yeah. But if it's a crackhead, like how how can you convince a crackhead... To stay mm. clean so they can be on your yeah. next movie too, right? Like it's like I'm gonna pay you this amount that you're probably gonna go through in like a month, and then I'm gonna have to find you again, I guess, for my next movie. Like, yeah, you know, that's that's what happens with the real people. That's right? you. You still haven't found that guy, right, Buddy? Um, so he he's still he's still in prison, as far as I know. <laughs> um, but I know his his real name now. Yeah. So there, I mean, that's something, right? Yeah, you could write. Just, just got to play the waiting game. Uh, <laughs> go pick him up when he comes out. Double years. Yeah. He's such a go pay him a visit, actor, man. He's like he's great. He has the kind of face that you can look at all day. Like uh, you, you know what I mean. He's a very interesting guy to look at. He just I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. He's he's very interesting. I, I think I saw his Instagram. He's like boxing and shit as well. He just seems like a fucking wild guy. Yeah, the young Stallone. Yeah, yeah. If if. Stallone was ravaged by drugs. Yeah, he he's yeah. like ugly in a very attractive way, which might sound crazy, but you know, some people are very they're ugly, but they're also very attractive to look at. It's hard to explain. Like handsome but ugly. I don't know. It's it's a weird look. Like uh, yeah. I think um, Bukowski has it. You know, like Charles Bukowski, uh, and it's I don't know. It's he's like that man. Like he's fucking. I like people like that. They. Like Hollywood is so chiseled, everything's so fucking chiseled. Like you don't believe anything anyone is saying anymore. I don't. I'm just like bullshit. You haven't seen shit, you know. Which it's is strange. Terrible. Because, um, who's that guy from Twilight? Pattinson. Like he, yeah. uh, he's really believable in Good Time. He looks like a fucking fucked up, and he's just wrecked. Like he actually does a really good job of it. I was gonna say it's terrible when people like that go so Hollywood, and then they, uh, you know, shave off all the rough edges of themselves that actually, like, produce their character. Like, somebody I think about uh, frequently who would fit that mold is Hannibal Burris. Like, Hannibal yeah. Burris, when he was uh, at the top of his game as a comedian, you know, he funny. was, like, stumbling over his words. He was just kind of extremely low energy, just fat and uh, mumbling into the microphone. And now, you know, he's confident in himself and he's yeah, lost some yeah. weight and he's trying to be like a good looking guy. It's like, nobody cares about you anymore. You, you ruined your whole, your, your personality here. It means Eric nothing, Andre, not funny anymore. Eric Andre to an extent as well. Like he's done yeah. too much normal shit now for me. I still love all the old shit, but it's like, yeah, he's a normal guy now. You know what I mean? Not that shocking anymore. Yeah. But the think, same I thing. A... I was going to say the same thing happened with Tim Heidecker of Tim and Eric. Oh, like they go so mainstream enough. Tim I can't enjoy this the in, same way. Right? He, you realize he had to fit into like the resist crowd, and he just that's the up. that's a tragedy. Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, him going so political with it, and it like tints everything he does now. Mm. Tim and Eric is so is still so good, man. I tell you who else? Uh, um, Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck looked cool when his teeth looked like crackhead teeth, and <laughs> I've seen this picture where it's like before and after. And it was it was like uh, I don't know it was like replacing a picket fence with a fucking barrier wall. Like his teeth were destroyed, and then he just got this crazy set of like perfect white gnashes, <laughs> just like wham, put in his mouth and shit. And uh, he looked like you know if you if you look at him in um, oh fuck man, it's like my favorite film. What is it? The what hunting? Go with hunting. If you if you look at him in that, like he's got like his jaw is not quite right. He's got a bit of an underbite. He's a rel- yeah. like, he's a believable good looking but like fucked up guy now he's not fully formed yet yeah now he's just like jennifer lopez's ex-husband with a shit dragon tattoo but he's still smoking all the time it's quite funny every time you see him yeah fucking chain smoking he's got such like a 1950s actor's body where he's got like man boobs but he's also (laughs) jacked at the same time it's like a guy that goes to the gym um, but doesn't watch his diet. But he eats <laughs> Big Macs. Yeah, yeah, after yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like he's getting I've the been, muscles, but the weight as well. I've been Very watching true. so many of his earlier films recently because uh, I've been 
in like uh like I like I mentioned before, I've been hopping in and out of like directors' filmographies, and I'm in Kevin Smith, and he's in like every single Kevin Smith film throughout yeah, the nineties. So I forgot about I, that. Yeah, so I I totally know what you're talking about in terms of like that gradual transition into what he is now. I did I watched his new movie that came out recently, The Way Back, which is essentially just like his own attempt at PR for his image, where he plays a drunk and he's trying to get you know, his life in order and he's trying to fix himself and then he blows it. He gets uh, drunk at, at work and he works for a Catholic school. And uh, anyway, there's no real resolve there. He just mm. winds up getting fired and has to deal with it. He doesn't even show up to like the team makes a championship. He doesn't go to the game or anything. He just mm. like stares out his window or something. I don't know. That's been Affleck's life. I'd love to make a film. That was, I wish I had loads of money. I'd make fiction films, but like, like you said, I would make yeah, like films without a resolution is if it if it's done right, I don't know, it's just fucking cool, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like in I, the feeling when no girlfriend, there's no resolution. Well, not quite with their that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At least with a fiction film, there's a big story behind it, you know. Like Fight Club's kind of like that, which is a weird thing to like. I love Fight Club. It's the only film I've seen where the the film is better than the book. But um, mm-hmm. the, I don't know. Like it's kind of at the end, it's it's not really. He's just not crazy anymore, but he's still completely fucked. I don't know. I thought that was a good film. People try to shit on that movie and that book. So I mean, they. I feel like a lot of the academic types or like the snobby film goers or, or readers try to dismiss the audience for that. Of um, one of the best things ever made, in my opinion. But yeah, I think that's one of Fincher's strongest movies. And yeah. um, another one that's like that where I view the movie is better than uh, its source material would probably be American Psycho, which came out around the same time. That I know you, you're fucking shit. Brett Easton Ellis's style of writing is very like hit or miss depending on the book. And yeah, I uh, I, that one, that one in less than zero, you know, they're, they're two of my favorite <laughs> movies that were adapted from his work, but the books themselves, you know, what? I thought less than zero was decent. I thought the film was terrible. I th- well, he, I saw the film before I read the book, so I had uh, no idea what the book was like. But now I, I go back and I'm like, well, this is just like an 80s teen film. This is The yeah. Breakfast Club mm. Part 2. You know? But with drugs. Breakfast Club yeah. drugs, right. yeah. The thing with um, I like American Psycho, it was just like nastiness for the sake of nastiness, I think. And, and then Imperial Bedrooms, which I read, which is the Less Than Zero sequel, right? It's like when Clay is grown up. It's ridiculous. Nothing happens. Have you read it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous, right? Nothing happens until like the last chapter. And then they like Where he's suddenly a killer and you didn't know it the entire and, and, time. And he like puts two kids in a cage and sh- one of them shits themselves. It's just the most I, I remember finishing that book and just <laughs> feeling sick. <laughs> like it's the most horrible fucking book. It's like it's so pointless. The whole book is so pointless. Now I mean, Less Than Zero, the book, has some, like, really dark elements to it. There's, mm. like, a child pornography aspect, and, mm. like, the pimping with Julian and all that is, is much darker in the book than it is in the movie. Yes. In the movie, it's just, like, implied he might have sucked some guy's dick, and then he's mm. trying to, like, you know, he gets rescued by Clay. Uh, there's, there's no setup at all. There's no, like, warning in Less Than Zero, or Imperial Bedrooms, even, that it's going to take the turn that it does. It's just, oh, yeah. s- surprise, he's a sociopath. All of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you read the whole book, you're like, right, his life is shit, kind of. <laughs> it's like two kids are in a cage. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Why you got two kids in a cage? Like, it's, yeah, it's fucked up, man. It's very, but one thing Less Than Zero was good for me, I guess. I read it when I was like fucking 19 or something. Like, I just didn't know about that side of Hollywood, like, ever until I read that book, you know, I didn't know that, that all that mad shit existed. And then it was like, actually, no, I was much younger. I was probably like 17 when I read that. And I was like, oh, okay, like, fuck, there's this really dark element to that whole part of America, which is obvious now as an adult, but, you know, it's dumb as fuck. So for me, it was very good in that sense. Like, maybe if I read it now, I wouldn't like it, but I don't know. I remember, I remember reading the bit that made me really, was like, oh, this is good, is when every time he goes in his room, he puts MTV on and puts it on mute. And for some reason, that was something I used to do, you know, like as a kid, I would not MTV, but I'd put something on and it just had to have the TV on, even if it was on mute. Otherwise, I felt lonely. Like, it's so weird, you know, stuff like yeah. that. So that sort of stuff, I think he was, he's good at bringing that out, like things. That are, but then, but then he's, he's always, I mean, that guy in real life, I think has just done some terrible shit. <laughs> I really do believe that, you know. Who, Brad Easton Ellis? Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. Uh, 
I'll tell you what. There's actually, when he was doing his podcast, when he started like in 2013 or something, whenever the Brian Singer allegations first came up, I feel like he was talking about, well, you know how Brian Singer, the director of X-Men and Bohemian Rhapsody, how he's been outed for having like 16, 15, 14-year-old boys at his parties. They drug up and they pass around. Um, I feel like I remember something on his podcast where he was talking about, he might have been talking to Milo or somebody like that, about how he had gone to a party like this in Hollywood and seen how one party evolved into another party the later the guests uh, stayed at this person's house or whatever. So he was very well aware of that scene and kind of on the podcast, he wound up dismissing it like it's like not a big deal. And I always, oh, wow. that, that always felt weird to me that he did that. I don't know where you can find this podcast now. He's taken it off of iTunes. Uh, you can only be a patron uh-huh. now to find these episodes, but this was all before like uh-huh. me too and shit. Um, There's so, so much shit out there that needs to be unearthed with that, yeah. with that kind of stuff, man. It's it's all entirely possible, um, but in terms of imperial bedrooms, there's a book now. There's um, a book called White now. That book is uh, it's 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 okay, but it's a lot of it's a lot from his podcast because he writes Isn't opening it like, monologues. Pull me, pull me. You weren't a fan. No, I, I didn't read it, but I, from what I read I read about the synopsis. It just seemed to be him being like, "Pull me. Why can't I just be horrible?" <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> Didn't isn't Brian Singer now uh, Oscar winner? Brian Singer, I think he's always been Oscar winner. Brian Singer, what uh, did he win before? I don't know. Some because he won for Bohemian Rhapsody, right? It it won some stuff. I think it won best editing. editing. Yeah, that film was fucking terrible. You know about the I Queen haven't... film, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. With yeah, uh, was Rami Malek. I watched about 15 minutes of it, to be fair, and I was like, why Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Turn it off. <laughs> this is a joke, man. Turn out on my granddad, who's a huge fan of Queen. This is really funny. Like, when Queen came out, like, when he was youngish, he was like, ah, bullshit, I don't like that. And then when he was older, like, when he was, like, fucking 70, he must have heard Queen and was like, wow, they're amazing. Like, why didn't I listen to them before? So he became, like, a like Queen fan when he was in his 70s. And then he went to him and my grandma went to watch the film at the fucking cinema and they loved it. So whatever. But I was like, really? Like, that's really terrible. They were talking about doing a shared universe of those movies with the Elton John Rocket Man movie. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That was that was an idea. Or like Marvel, but cool. yeah, with the li- yeah. Liberace, <laughs> the Liberace. Well, that that was Michael Douglas. That was Matt Damon, Michael Douglas. Uh, Soderbergh did that movie. That movie's great. It's a fucking weirdo. Creep. Are there any um? Are there any good films that I should be watching that are like more underground shit, man? Like because you know I got I I have I can't remember the last time I saw like a, a big film come out and like wanted to watch it other than um, Uncut Gems. Hmm. Hans, any off the top of your head? I I feel like I've suggested some to you just like over the past uh, year or so. I don't want to throw any uh, repeated ones out there, but uh, let me think about that. Yeah, I've watched most of the ones you said, like most of them were sick. Yeah, nothing really off the top of my head, to be honest. There's nothing I've good. I've been watching that's... a lot of old shit. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. All, all the movies I've been I'm watching have been from the re-watching. 70s. Yeah, so I'm always rewatching stuff I've already watched. I don't know why I do that. Yeah, on the topic of uh, brutal rape scenes, Straw Dogs is a great movie. Sam Peckinpah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, don't want, I don't want to watch any uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Straw Dogs, yeah. Straw Dogs is uh it was was amazing. I bought a used DVD of that off of eBay for like eleven dollars, and I was so glad I did. It was probably the best movie I've watched in quarantine. Really? Yeah, All it's right, about like it uh, Dustin Hoffman's like a academic neoliberal type guy in like a, a relationship with this woman. They move back to her hometown in England, um, like some really like rural uh part like what would whatever would be the equivalent to like the south in america like they don't seem right, like very intellectual right. people very like hillbilly types mm-hmm. um and she has like her ex-boyfriend and his gang of like goons or whatever work on their house and these guys just like go out of their way to taunt dustin hoffman and his wife and i winds up resulting in like uh like a self-defense uh home environment situation that uh, escalates and gets pretty out of control. But it's really great. It's a really great movie. Terrible remake with James Marsden. Awful. Was, Never watched the was... remake. Okay. <laughs> Not like Pusher. Your favorite, when I, James when I said, hey, go watch Pusher, and you watched the wrong Pusher movie. Mate, that was so... <laughs> he was telling me that. I was like, 
this film is so shit. And I was like, it's got to get better. It's got to <laughs> no, no that movie's minutes. so bad. <laughs> it was about 40 minutes, and I was like, this cannot be the right film. Like, Wait, you're watching I still American? found the other one to watch, man. I, I fucking... I, uh, is there a link? Can you send me a link? There's a one, two, three movies probably has it. The, the UK. Probably, but they always change the fucking URL. Yeah. The, it, I think it's one, two, three, three movies.st. Oh, ST at the moment. Now, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just got done watching The Trip with Steve Coogan and uh, Rob Rydron from there. So I'm, yeah. I'm feeling confident. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The UK Pusher movie. Holy shit. You couldn't it's have watched so a bad. worse film. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen in my life. It's it's, it's somehow awful. Brits have like Brit. It's made by Brits, right? And the actors yeah. are British. Yet somehow, it, nothing about it feels British. It's so fucking weird. It's like so strange. It it was very upsetting to watch that movie after like I binge watched all three uh, of the Pusher films that Refn made, and then I watched that, and I was like, wow, these people don't get this movie at all. Like, they bought the property after Drive came out, and they were like, we're going to make it like Drive. And they didn't even really do that. It was just a piece of shit. <laughs> it's not even nearly like Drive. No. It's so bad. Also, Fucking... the dealer is like, he makes all this money, but also kind of it doesn't live. Seems to be broke, but it also isn't broke. Like, the whole thing is fucking weird. Yeah. Like, They've never met a drug dealer in their life, I think, whoever made it. Like, no, the, fucking strange. the actual movie from 96, I, I, it feels like so... Like urban nineties, cool, fast paced, gritty guerrilla filmmaking style. It's so well done, uh, especially for the first film. Yeah, it's fucking Mm. dope. Um, And I, you know, they they remade it in the UK and they remade it in India. And the like, the Bollywood version is more authentic to that original Pusher. Except at the end of the pretty cool actually. At the end of the Indian version, instead of there being like a natural resolve uh, between the drug dealer and, and the lead character. No, they don't even dance. It's like God intervenes and shows the main character the proper way of life and how he should be. Whoa, and uh, then he goes on like a killing streak and kills all the bad guys or something. I don't know. Great. It gets crazy at the end. Uh, what's, um, what's, uh, what's his name? Refn? Is he making anything new? Yeah, he's, he's working on... Um, he had a movie in production that I think is being held up now because of quarantine. And um, he's working on an HBO show called Maniac Cop. Which is based on that old old movie. Hell yeah, I love that. That was that was that was the first horror movie that I got exposed to. Maniac Cop Three. It was at the dollar store, and I tricked my mom into thinking it was like cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Maniac Cop. You know, just like Pink Panther. Yeah, yeah. That sounds um, that sounds funny. (laughs) Maniac Cop. What was his latest film that's out? I think I missed it. So he did he did the Neon Demon in 2016, and that feels more like. That feels more like Drive than I think uh, a lot of his films do. What, do. what did you think of that? It was it was okay. Um, the scene where she vomits out the finger is is literally nearly made me throw up, man. I don't <laughs> know why. Like like I said, I'm not squeamish, but something just made me like oh, like when she sticks the finger up. Yeah. But it was it was alright. Like Keanu Reeves is in it, right? Yeah, he's got a, a random cameo as a motel owner. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, really strange. I didn't like that because when when like you get like famous people doing like random cameos, it really distracts me. I'm like, what the why? Like, what the fuck? I don't really want to see that. But yeah, it was fine. I guess I preferred yeah. it to um your favorite film. Only I God forgives. Forget. I got I got to rewatch <laughs> that one. I'll tell you what. I watched. Uh, I I expressed my my disdain for his series to you, Jake. But I watched Too Old to Die Young, which is like a 14 hour long Amazon series. And it's uh-huh. it, it's really the most self indulgent thing I've I've ever seen. Maybe anyone do. I was I was actually looking that up, and the first review on IMDb, the first line is, "I get it." Jacket <laughs> 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 just says everything you need to know about any of his productions. I guess yes. <laughs> just like yeah. all right. Any, anytime anyone has anything? ever <laughs> criticized him, that was that was my response to that series. Like I I I know where people are coming from now. Because it, it's literally just like, how about, like with his movies, it's like, all right, we're going to linger on this shot for 14 seconds. Yeah. And with the Amazon yeah. series, it's more like, we're going to linger on this shot for three and a half minutes. Oh, and Was it called Too Old to Die Too Young? Old to Die Young. Okay. There's maybe... Just, just for lols. There's, there's maybe one really good episode and the rest can't recommend it. I really can't. What's the, what's the like, what's it about? It's... 
I don't even know, man. Like, Miles Teller. It's, it, Miles Teller's a cop who I think kills somebody and then uh, his partner is mistaken for him and they kill his partner and then he goes to get retribution on the guy and then he does... It, it's a whole lot of like just pointless news. Um, are, you, are, are you into Refn's arch nemesis, uh, Lars von Trier at all? Mm, I mean, I watched Nymphomaniac just because I think at the time I was just like young, horny weirdo. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> and then watched it and was, I was like, oh, this is, it, it, this, this film is, feels sticky. Like it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's really it not sexy. It's horrible. Um, and I remember just thinking like, who has this kind of weird, not, not like weird. It was just like gross sex. And I don't mean like in a prudish way. I was just like, it just feels gross. Like, it doesn't seem like anyone's enjoying themselves. You know, I didn't like it. It was, um, yeah. Wash so, your feet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah like, <laughs> shave. Get a shave. And fuck, man. Like, don't have the lights on full blast if your lights look like the fucking supermarket. And yeah, like, it just, the whole thing was just a little bit grubby for me. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, that grubby side of it was... I get it, like, I get it, but again, it was just like, okay, was really, is that why you've made a film, just to be like, look how grubby this is? Like, Yeah, in two volumes, I'm trying to, just like Kill Bill. In most two of his, volumes, yeah, I didn't watch the same. Most of his films have that feeling, though, that feeling of like, ugh. Antichrist well, I, is really bad, as far as that goes. Like, that goes over the top, and he films it so beautifully, but it's like, yeah. he's yeah. jacking off his it's dick, like, and then blood comes like, out. I don't need art. I don't uh, need a... You know, a two-minute shot of fucking Willem Dafoe's balls <laughs> with water glistening on them. Like, thank you. It was like a perfume commercial. Shit like that. They think they're so clever. You know, like, they just think, like, oh, this is so... I feel like they've got so lost in their own hubris, they, they don't know what is good and clever anymore. It's yeah. like, whatever I do will be good. And it's like, nah, man. Like, they need someone there that's not scared of them that goes, stop fucking doing this. David Lynch needed that when he made uh, Twin Peaks 2. It's appalling. Like it, I'm a huge, huge Twin Peaks fan, um, and the the sec, you know, the new series he did, well, not two, but whatever it is, the new series he did like four years ago, three years ago, mm. is just so shit, um, and it doesn't make sense. And everyone like diehard fans of his are like, "Wow, he's a genius." I'm like, "Is he, or does he just not have enough people around him telling him when to shut up?" Really it's a little of both, I think. I don't know. I don't. I really enjoyed that last season of Twin Peaks. I can't agree with you there. I don't know. I think I have a higher tolerance for uh, for just um, you know self indulgence, maybe. Maybe, but I, I tell you what, it was. It just didn't. I'm a, I'm very like I live in the past. I love nostalgic shit. So maybe it just didn't feel. It did. Like, no, it, it was yeah, nothing like Twin Peaks, the original yeah, show, which is I wanted it to be very similar. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. maybe that's why. I'll tell you what, um, I just rewatched The House That Jack Built last night. That was Lars von Trier's film. You love that film. film, right? I think that's his best movie. And, yeah, um, I need to watch it. Really funny, really darkly funny. Uh, uh, great, great movie. I, you know, if you want to check that out. He's a great actor out, as well, I think. I, I, I think even if you didn't like Nymphomaniac, it, The House That Jack Built is really, like, it, it's him maturing, I think. Although he does have like a good 15 minute segment towards the end of that movie where he just starts referencing his own movies and gets very indulgent and like criticizes his critics by like not speaking about himself in the film. He's he's speaking to um, like Virgil from from art in the Bible and and stuff. The main character. He's talking about art and criticism and obscenity in art. And then he just does a show reel of his movies, like Europa and Nymphomania <laughs> and Don't Call You. <laughs> like he, it's a very funny movie, though, in my opinion. Yeah, it's about a serial killer, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt yeah. Dillon plays a serial killer. He's in great, the seventies. He's great. He's awesome in the movie. He's very funny. He's kind of an outsider, isn't he? Or at least in that yeah. film, like he's not. Yeah, like he yeah, doesn't he's, normally play those kind of roles. He's very peculiar. And his his career is like kind of boring otherwise. Except so yeah. this film is like very unlike anything he did before. I love when that happens, when like an actor like I, my friend told me about, you know, when Matthew McConaughey just started making cool shit. Yeah. And it was called like the McConnaissance or something when he yep, just yeah. went from being like boring rubbish to doing like really dark, cool shit. I love that because there's so many times where I've been like that actor's shit. And then you see them in the right role, I'm like, fuck. That's great. Like, he, like, like, fucking, what's his name in um in Uncut Gems? 
Sandler. Sandler? Yeah. Sandler. Everybody, everybody was hating everything. on Sandler for the longest time. He does uncut gems, and now everybody's like, well, you know, this is good, but also, like, Big Daddy's pretty good, and Spanglish right. <laughs> is good. No, Big Daddy is actually all right, actually. Like, yeah. And, and I do like, um, what's the fucking, what's the one, the comedy one where he's, like, rich kid on a golf course? Oh, um, uh, Happy Gilmer. Happy, Billy Madison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, no, Billy is, Madison. Happy, Billy yeah. Madison. Oh, Billy yeah. Madison. Right, right, right. Yeah, I love that. Both of those are classic. Those are '90s gems. Mm. I watched uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off like last year as well, which seems to be from that same period. Mm-hmm. Weird as fuck. John <laughs> Hughes, though. 1980s. Um, Hans, didn't you say you weren't like you'd never seen a John Hughes film before? No, I've seen them. I just don't like them. Oh, right. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen like half of Breakfast. It's just a you went on like no, but you life. went on a rant about like the Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller and those movies, didn't you? Yeah, but I don't remember what the rant was because I my memory is horrendous. But I it's just a life that I just it's foreign to me, so I can't really get mm, into mm. any of their lives because it's just like that's not my yeah, that was never my life bitter, experience. So it's like got oh, deported cool. from America from New Mexico yeah, at age three or something. Exactly. Right? Where's my movie, Joan Hughes? <laughs> I'm gonna have detention. What the fuck is that? We're gonna have detention in my high school. <laughs> you just get yelled at by your teacher. That's it. So I, that's why I was never able to connect with his suburban characters that was always like you know the biggest drama is that the jock in school didn't call me or say my name or whatever well i mean <laughs> i don't i don't get it you're 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 mexican right you, you didn't relate to like emilio yeah. estevez in the breakfast club no because he's no oh. <laughs> i don't even know is he latino you didn't in look there? at him like, and say hey that's me he's no, he's oh. hiding his heritage just like in everything. <laughs> he's not. Charlie Sheen is. Estevez, he's proud of it. Oh, yeah. And that's oh, why yeah. he doesn't have a fucking career. That's yeah. why he, where is he? Yeah, he's doing <laughs> Mighty Duck 6 right now. Yeah, exactly. yeah but look at Charlie Sheen. Like, spreading <laughs> yep. AIDS his, on purpose. His <laughs> brother. too well for him. Yeah. His brother has AIDS, but at least people remember who he is, you know? What the fuck is Emilio? Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that shit. I, I heard about this not long ago, actually. He's yeah, not even he on doing Cameo. Like, I think he's in like Mighty Ducks 4 or something for Disney Plus or some shit. God. Oh, cameo. That is so funny, man. You know, I was trying to get Eric Jared, Roberts for, for this movie we're working on. Trying to get yeah. Eric Roberts, who works for very little money, didn't reply to my emails at all. I go on cameo.com. He's doing messages for 70 bucks. <laughs> you just can't be bothered. Like, you just can't be bothered. Like, Bam Majira is like main source of income. It seems to be cameo. Yeah. Like, hey, dude, jump off a tree, man. Happy birthday. It's fucking funny, man. I don't know. Really, I tell you, you what, cameo. You use them, right? Yep. You pay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Comfort yeah, Systems you know, episode systems. one. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Forgot about yep. that. Um, but, like, someone needs to write a piece about, like, how unbelievably tragic cameo is like do you know what i mean it's, it is but there were people on there that are like fucking rich as shit like walker flocker's on there like he surely hasn't run out of that much money you know like fuck but then their ones are like 500 dollars and shit yeah the thing about that is if like there, there's certain people that, that have maintained a certain level of fame that'll go on mm. there and they know they can get like some rich kid's parents for like their 16th birthday to do a quick video for 800 dollars or whatever it might be of them just saying hi, hello. But I mean, I use Cameo now as like a resource for like, hmm, who can I get for this movie? Who, whose yeah, agent can idea. I get in touch with? Who's affordable? Who's, uh, who's going through a rough, <laughs> rough time right now? Exactly. Like $10 yeah. a message. Yeah. I've been looking at voiceover artists like, oh, uh, Dana Snyder from Aqua Teen Hunger Force, who, with the lead guy from Cowboy Bebop, $20 cameos. Sign me up. All right. I think we are in business here, you know? He sounds cool as well. Oh, I'm boy. laughing, but that's what, like, 10 years, you're going to see me on there. You're on camp? Yeah, you're going to be on Cameo <laughs> next week. <laughs> you know, i, I got to, like, fucking feed my fucking benzodiazepine addiction or something. <laughs> hey, it's me from Poppy the Front. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> hey, they have YouTubers on there already. I know that Justin Wang got a uh, proposition to be on Cameo, and I've really? seen people like Keemstar on there doing oh. videos. Keemstar might not <laughs> be correct, now. but some people like Keemstar, you know? Game starts finished, right? Like he's just there's some video came out and it's just like ten minutes of him just being completely racist. Like it's fucking crazy. Man. To the what, what's going on with PewDiePie again? He's in trouble, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I just see like Tim Probably. Pool recommended videos or something. I don't never click them. It's always like Democrat <laughs> mad at PewDiePie. I don't know. 
That's my news. PewDiePie is, man, I watched um, one of his videos the other day. Like, every now and then it would come up, and I, I don't even know why. I'm like, all right, let's see what PewDiePie is doing. I don't even like him. I never did, you know, but sometimes I do. And he's like, uh, sometimes you're like, oh, this guy is quite funny. And then he yeah. does something, and you're like, this guy is a grown child. Like, he's a fucking baby. Like, it's just crazy what how much money he has made from just being, like, a man-child. You know, it's fucking, he's, he's set for life. Yeah. He is, and his kids are, and their kids his are. His kids, you know, yeah. It's crazy, man. Yes, PewDiePie but, uh, is, is royalty. He's, uh, you know, he's got a legacy now. Legacy YouTube family. can't get rid of him either. Like, they just can't. Like, he's saying racist shit and stuff, and just, you know, he was, I think, I don't think he's racist, like, a, an outright racist. I just think he's, like, a fucking weirdo that didn't, he hasn't grown up off of the internet. Like, he hasn't realized that he's a grown man now. Because he hasn't really ever had to, you know, he's just, like, a fucking man-child. Well, if he grows up, he's, his business dies if he grows true, up. True, true. Yeah, we well, started reading. Really... He, he, he did this video where he recommended books, right? He was like, here's my recommended reading for the week. And I watched it. And uh, some of the books I read and some of them were bullshit. But I was like, this is this is quite interesting. This is like an interesting thing. And I, and then like the next video, he was he's like on Minecraft. And he's like yeah. Yeah. Ma- making his dog fuck another See... dog. <laughs> like, wow. that, I mean, that, that, that's the thing. I think, I think PewDiePie as a guy is probably pretty interesting and um uh worth knowing about but the content that he uh fashions himself in is not not really my cup of tea i used to really like his his videos before he got deep into minecraft but Mm. it's like all that now so he has no effort either like you know it's it's unbelievable how much money he earned and he just he still can't be bothered to make anything cool that's what bothers me like when these people get all of this money and I'm thinking, like, make something cool. Like, but they just rather just sit at home and do fuck all. Like, most of the money we make from Popular Front goes into making other documentaries. It's why I drive a shit car still, you know? Like, yeah. it's because it's like, let's make more cool shit. Um, like, Comtown Boys, you know? Like, they make so much money from the podcast. And it's like, come on, God, make a sketch show. Fucking do <laughs> it. Like, do something. something. Yeah. Have you seen their attempt at doing, like, a sketch? No. They did one. They did, they did one. one for... It's like a two-minute thing because they said that when they were going to start a Patreon, it was going to be to ex- for do extra content and they were going to do sketches or whatever. They did like a two-minute sketch and they were it like, was the three of them <laughs> sitting together on a couch in some like empty apartment trying yeah. to be. One of them was just... wearing a diaper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was they're, really like, not good. they're just maybe funny guys that are like uh, just funny if you're drunk at a bar, you know, and you're like sixteen. But I mean, I laugh at it now and then. It's quite funny. Is, is it that they're it's, funny, it's nice or that movie. that Nick Mullen is funny and Stavros laughs a lot? Yeah, Nick Nick Mullen is actually <laughs> funny. You know, like he's a funny guy. Yeah, that Adam guy is funny because they make fun of him. Yeah, Stav is he's actually funny in a way, but it's it's yeah, I don't know, man. It's a fucking weird stuff. But they make they make so much money. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice light relief, actually, and it's good to know that that you're listening to someone that's funny but actually isn't a fucking racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? That mm. does bother me when you someone says something funny and then you find yeah. out like, oh, wow, he's uh, <laughs> he's like a fucking racist on, in real yeah. life. I, I have so, this problem you know. anytime I talk to Hans. I just, I, I yep. feel terrible about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably associate with this guy. Um, I don't know, it's funny. We should probably wrap up here. I got to get uh, dinner rolling. I've held my girlfriend hostage. She's been silent all this time. I said, don't turn the fucking TV on. Don't turn the volume on on your computer. We got to record this. So uh, I got to go be a nice guy now. So cool, man. Uh, that's been that's been movies. I mean, we talked about. Oh, hold on a second. Is there any chance of a popular front feature length documentary about well, anything? About anything? Oh yeah, 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 without a doubt. I just don't have the money. <laughs> that's my aim. Like, I don't want to keep doing these small news reports. You know, like I do like a twenty minute, forty minute film. I want to do like a big, big like a fucking hour, you know what I mean? Like something that you would see at South by Southwest type. Well, I, I, that's where I was film. going with this. Would you ever submit yeah. something like that off to these festivals? Because I think oh, yeah, you could do yeah, exceptionally yeah, yeah. well. I, there, there's a plan. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about it on air as such. I'll tell you about it. But there's two films that I'm probably going to do that will be like that. Um, you know, one in Europe that will cause a massive stink if it gets, if it works. And that I think is worth doing like a big, 
proper thing for. Oh boy. Maybe. <laughs> Boris Johnson. But it's money, the sex man. Day. It's fucking money. <laughs> yeah. It's just money. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it is money because just staying somewhere for a certain amount of time is obviously what you need to do a feature length and having the money to do that, man. We, we don't even make 10 grand on the Patreon or anything. You know what I mean? It's not mm. at that stage yet. I mean, I can just about live and now I'm only at the stage where I don't have to do freelance work as well. You know, so it's just at that stage. It's not at the stage of, hey, we can pay a cameraman properly. Yeah, it's just, you know, so like Hong Kong, it's like, hey, I can pay your flight, but I can't give you a daily rate. It's just, I can't do it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. But one day, man, one day. All right, well, I'm looking forward to that day happening. Uh, in the meantime, you got a new documentary coming out, so uh, keep mm. us all posted on that. And uh, until the next episode, which hopefully we'll have some more material to talk about the film itself, uh, that's been <laughs> movies. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Cheers, man.